Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's time. It's time to have real, honest, open, difficult, and inspiring conversations. It's time for Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. In this hour, I want you to meet an extraordinary human being. Don't I? Yes, I do, because I believe we all are. We all. That's because we are. Uh, His name, by the way, is Isaiah Caleb Stanley, and he's an actor based in Brooklyn, New York, but was most recently seen in the New York City premiere of Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower, the opera at Lincoln Center, and Romeo and Juliet with Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival. I cannot wait to have this conversation with Isaiah Caitlin Stanley. So what I'm going to do, family, without further ado, is invite you to join the conversation with none other than Isaiah Caleb Stanley. Hello there. Good sir. Welcome. 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 Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It is such a pleasure. I did well, so family, before uh before we went to live, I had a, just a brief conversation with Isaiah and I was sharing with him that I'm so excited because it, well, you all probably don't know. So I love to read, like love, love, love to read. And Octavia Butler is one of my absolute favorite authors. At one point in time, I had every single book of hers, every single book. I, I had I had given them away because I was trying to, I thought I was doing something, but I'm so mad at myself for that. I'm going to have to buy them all again. But <laughs> in any event, welcome. Welcome to the space. Welcome to the family. Um, tell us a little more about you, please. A little bit about me. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I, uh, I am originally from Baltimore. Um, I moved to New York City about, hmm, how long has it been now? Um, I moved there in 2011, uh, to go to college. And I've, I've been there ever since. I was at Hofstra University, which is where I studied acting. Um, and, uh, let's see, what else? I like to say that I have three first names. <laughs> so, you know, that's always a fun fact. Um, and I'm new to Philly. I've, you know, I've been able to visit here many times. Um, and, you know, I've done some projects here, but I've never really gotten to Day here. So, you know, for the last few weeks, I've, I've been here um, rehearsing this current play at Theater Exile, um, A Case for the Existence of God by Samuel mm-hmm. D. Hunter. Um, and it has, it's been great. It's been such a pleasure. So I, I'm, I'm just over the moon about it. Let me tell you, I'm over the moon about the title alone, A Case for the mm-hmm. Existence of God. I cannot wait to get into that. Um, I was telling Isaiah, I said, okay, I want to walk through everything. Y'all know I do. Y'all know I do. Y'all know how I am. But <laughs> <laughs> so, you were uh, born in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. All right. Yes, yes. And have been in New York for quite some time now that I'm sure that everybody that you know in New York claims you. They know you're from New York. You. Yeah, you know, they, they say, you know, after after 10 years, you officially become a New Yorker. But I, I always say as soon as you have your sort of first good cry in the streets of New York, that's when you become a New Yorker. Uh, <laughs> I don't want you to cry in the streets, Isaiah. You know, it could be a happy cry, too. I'm, okay, I'm, well, I'm just I'm, I'm a sensitive person. So, you oh. know, happy or sad, there's always a reason to let it out. 
But you know what? We are creatives. So we are exceptionally mm-hmm. sensitive. We are yeah. more sensitive than most. So I have to agree with you on that. I sat in my car today and had a good cry. So, mm-hmm. you know, shit every Sometimes, day. <laughs> yes, listen, listen. It, it, it's a cleansing mechanism. That's Better right. out than in, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, family, I do want to share with you that some more of our family members are checking in. Malcolm. Hey there, Malcolm White, that is, who's sharing that he is watching and listening from Westmouth Avery. Hey there. <laughs> he says, hey, word family. You know, we're sending all that love right back to you, Malcolm. And the beautiful Joanne Dormon. She is joining us as well. And she too is sending peace and blessings. You know, we're sending them right back to you. <laughs> so Isaiah, I love saying your whole name, Isaiah Caleb Stanley, because of the three first name thing. But I love it. I love it. <laughs> but Isaiah, if you will, um, I was just sharing with you and the family how much I adore Octavia Butler. I regret, however, knowing that there was an adaptation of Parable of the Sower that I missed. Let me tell you that. I, I just sorely regret that. But please tell us about having most recently worked on that body of work. It was um, it was one of those those times in your uh, creative career that you just get to learn. You just, you just, sometimes you feel like, you know, you have to be on and you have to be right and you have to perform. But, you know, this was one of those times where I was able to sit back and really internalize her message. And, and it allowed me to really settle with where we are in the world today. Mm. Um, You know, it paints a picture of, of famine and danger and division. And, you know, unfortunately that is nothing new to this world that we inhabit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every time I was able to be on stage with, with that group, um, you know, I just learned a little more something about myself, how to look out for your fellow person, how to show up even when you don't necessarily have it in you just being there. Um, you know, uh, it was just a phenomenal group of, um, of performers. Um, and it was adapted by, uh, Toshi Regan and her mother, Dr. Bernie Johnson Regan. Um, and, you know, just having their input and having mm-hmm. their their deep, deep connection to the story to inform what we had to go out on stage every night and do. Um, it just made it all all the more real to us. Mm-hmm. And, and it allowed us, I think, to to share that story in a way that could really touch people instead of just giving them a show. We gave them a message, maybe, you know, with love, a sure. warning about the world we're headed for if we don't get it together. Um and we don't always get that opportunity as performers. Sometimes it really is just about entertainment. And, and anytime you can teach or, you know, just learn. send any kind of, yes, exactly, learn, send any kind of, you know, deeper message beyond what you see on stage, you know, something that they can go home with and really internalize. It, it meant the world to me. So we were on tour all through, you know, the spring and, um, you know, we were across the country in these beautiful houses, just being able to, congregate you know we, we don't like to call it audiences we like mm. to call them congregations mm-hmm. um and um you know we were we were blessed enough to be able to close at at david Geffen, david Geffen hall at lincoln center and it it, it will forever be a, a highlight of, of this year for me i mean of life right <laughs> like well, look at me. <laughs> yeah. listen to me i'm claiming your experience but it's a highlight as i'm listening to you explain it <laughs> but that 
that just, you know, just hearing you describe that, that sounds amazing. Just so amazing. And I feel what you're talking about, especially because, like I said, I'm familiar with, I'm familiar with all of her work, like all of her work. And that's one of my favorites, uh, Parable of the Sower. But we're not going to get too far down the rabbit hole as I talk about Octavia Butler. But I did want to acknowledge mm -hmm. you having been in um, that adaptation. And I wanted to speak about that and find out what you thought and what you felt about it. I'm always interested in that. So thank you for that. Thank you for obliging. <laughs> so did you always have an interest in theater or in acting? I think so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I started. <laughs> wait, wait, I, wait a minute. I say, you know, um, I, you know, I did. It's, it's, it's one of those things where as a, I started, I started acting when I was 11. Um, okay. and you know, it was sort of a game time decision for me. I, I had a friend in the neighborhood who lived on my grandma's block and, uh, she, uh, was studying at this, uh, theater called the arena players in Baltimore. And the arena players is the oldest continually operating black theater in the country. Um, wow. and so I really, once, once I knew that that was an option to me and I didn't really have, I don't feel like I had found my thing, you know, at that point, mm -hmm. I really wasn't sure what my uh, sort of niche was. And so um, I was able to settle into that place at the arena mm -hmm. players and, and really start to, um, you know, express myself and understand myself. And, and it was the first place I really felt seen, I think as a person, um, you know, where I didn't, feel like I always had to be right. I just had to be. Um, and understanding that there were people like that in this world and being able to learn from people who had been doing it for, for you know, 50 some odd years, some of the, the greats, um, it, it, it felt like that, that was my path. I, I, I had no questions from that point of, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, there are definitely times where knowing what you want out of your life so early on can be, you know, something of a blessing and something of a curse. Mm -hmm. But I've always been so uh, grateful to have had that experience. You know what? It sounds like it was calling to you very, very early. And, and it, it sounds like you did not hesitate, which is a good thing. You did not hesitate. You recognized you were open to it. And what a mm -hmm. blessing. Like you said, that's a huge blessing to have all of that history just mm -hmm. available to you, to have to have that legacy available yeah. to you. That that is a huge blessing. Especially in entertainment, I imagine in, in, as it pertains to anything that you do in life, but in entertainment, because we are so sensitive, we are so fragile, we are mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it really helps. It really, really, really does help. I'm, 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 I imagine you would agree with this. It really does help to have all of that available to you because you get to, mm -hmm. you get to see from a wide spectrum when you have history mm -hmm. available to you as opposed to just having, uh, you know, maybe, an experience with uh, a newly e erected theater where there's not a lot yes. of this there, you know, or mm -hmm. not a lot from which to draw or from which to mm -hmm. so, Yeah, um, and beyond being an outlet for me, it, it was, it gave me direction just being able to have, just being able to be under those wings, you know? Yes, I can only imagine. Oh, I love that for you. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> Family, hey there, I'm talking to each and every one of you. If you have mm -hmm. just joined us. Yes, welcome. You're tuned in to Love and Love. truly Carol Riddick right here on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media on air 
and online at wordradio.com. We are talking with none other than Isaiah Caleb Stanley. When we come back, we're going to talk about the body of work in which he is now called A Case for the Existence of God. I love that title. I cannot wait to talk about it. So family, stay with us because when we come back, we're going to dig deep. Okay, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Love and Life with Carol Riddick on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. Hey there, family. Welcome back. You are tuned in to Love and Life with yours truly, Carol Riddick, right here on WURD. We are talking with Isaiah Caleb Stanley in this hour, and we are talking about some of the works in which he's uh, had the, the pleasure and privilege of acting, and he's about to share with us uh, the current body of work in which he is. So I shared with our family members that you are now in a case for the existence of God. Please tell us all about this body of work. So <clears throat> this play, uh, it puts us in uh, Twin Falls, Idaho. And uh, you have these two fathers who are a somewhat unlikely pair. Um, and Basically, they are going through heavy trials and tribulations in regards to keeping their families together. We have uh, one who is a single father fighting the state, and we have one who is a father going through, you know, the 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 end of his marriage, ho- trying to hold on to his child. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, despite all of the odds stacked up against them and, and despite all of the reasons that they have societally to not necessarily even be in the same room, um, they become something of a support for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it speaks to, um, you know, male friendship and, 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 and what that looks like and, and how, how it's viewed from the outside, um, as well as you know, what, what it really means to have somebody in your corner, regardless of, you know, what they can do for you. Mm. So this is about male bonding and male support. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I think we need that. We definitely need to see that. We definitely need that message. You said mm-hmm. Idaho. Okay, so I'm curious. Idaho. Wait, now I'm asking because I'm curious to know. Now, I've only visited Idaho just a few times, <laughs> maybe pro- probably less than one hand times. Is uh, the two uh, lead characters, the two fathers, are they? Uh, are, are, do they come from the same background? Are they both? Are they black? Are they white? Are they people of color? Are so they, is it? Do they you know? are. You know, just about as as opposite as you can get. I have actually a little postcard here of our. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. this is uh, myself and and my co-star. Uh, his name is Keith Canalan. He is uh, one of the most giving scene partners I've had the pleasure of working with. And because there are we're all, there are only two of us in this play, uh, we spend a, a very very uh, big meaty chunk of time together, um, yes. just getting this play on its feet. Um, and so, as you can imagine, you know, being in Twin Falls, Idaho there might not be a lot of people who look like me Mm -hmm. Um, and trying to navigate what that means in spite of, um, you know, the privilege that my character may have. It's, Mm -hmm. it's interesting that, you know, there's this, this sort of um, commentary on regardless of, of of what we're born into, you know, 
what we're born into versus uh, what we have um, materially. Because, uh, okay. you know, the character I play, Keith, he is he's a single black man in this in this uh, neighborhood or, you know, community mm-hmm. where there really aren't many like him. But financially, he does have something of the upper hand. And then you have um, also uh, Keith. I'm playing Keith. And then my uh, co-star is named Keith and he's playing his character, oh. Ryan. So <laughs> that has been, uh, you know, fun to navigate. Yes. <laughs> sure. But um, so you have you have my character, uh, Keith. He is a, a mortgage broker. He comes from, you know, a family where his father is a lawyer. He's never really necessarily struggled in the way that, you know, someone viewing this show might expect a black man to struggle. And then on the other hand, you have Ryan, who is a white man from Idaho, you know, sort of all American kind of guy. And he just can't seem to get it together. You know, he he, Mm -hmm. he is sort of a, a, a serial messer upper in his life. And in trying to gain some some respect from his family and gain some respect from the state, you know, mm-hmm. so that he can hold on to his daughter, he goes and he tries to uh, buy some property. And I, being the mortgage broker that he has connected with, it's now upon me to help him with that. Um, and the play really shines a light on what it really looks like when you are down to your last and when you are either emotionally drained or financially drained or somewhere in the middle with both um, and, and what it means to, to have someone still willing to fight for you. Um, wow. So yeah. Keith was advocating for Ryan, Ryan, uh, yes, Ryan. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's, well, that, well, you're right about this. This is definitely a, an interesting take given that, that Keith is the person of color mm-hmm. and Ryan mm-hmm. is not. And, and that is an opposite. That's in it. That's very interesting. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, I'm digesting this because I was going to ask, okay, so which, which role do you play? And that just, you just spoke volumes. You just said a whole lot. And so Keith has, has not had to struggle financially. He's had financial stability. He grew up in a space of financial mm-hmm. stability. And pretty much security as it pertains to security. Did he grow up in Idaho? Yes, he did. He he is a, a native of Twin Falls. Well, now, now that's interesting because for a black man mm-hmm. to grow to have grown up in Idaho and to be financially secure too, that that's something mm-hmm. that we don't often um, hear of being a, a normality. And, I, and you know what, family? I don't know if it's, if I can even legitimately say that because I've not looked up any statistics, so I can't really say, but from my understanding, let me put it that way, from my mm-hmm. understanding. So I appreciate the perspective. Um, so Keith is helping Ryan and he's advocating for him as a human being, mm-hmm. as a man. Yes. And Keith is a single man. Is he he's single? Or you, Keith is single, yeah. And he has no children. He has no children, but he is he is fostering this this young child um, and, and he's giving it his all because Keith, you know, he's a lonely man. He, as you can imagine, he does not have necessarily a ton of other than his father. Um, his mother is no longer in the picture. Um, so 
he 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 is actively looking for something to hold on to. He is actively right. looking for um, a life experience that makes him feel worth more than just what he presents as in the world. Mm. And um, you know, it's 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 the, the play shines a light on the fact that he has you know more or less anything he could want. Mm-hmm. But in going against this system and trying to make it work and trying to keep this child and trying to save this child, he still comes up against all of the constructs that keep black people where mm-hmm. they have to fight to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's not lost on us in the rehearsal room that we often have to talk about. If Keith was a white man who mm-hmm. was married and on paper could say, this is who I am, the play wouldn't exist because he would have the adoption in the can. That would be it. You know, so the fact that regardless of what he has, he's still seen by the, you know, powers that be, for lack of a better term, he's sure. still seen as, okay, single, black. Keith is also gay. So that's a whole other layer. You know, we work with the fact that Keith is not just black, you know, but he's gay and he's single. So that's, you know, in, in the adoption business, in this heteronormative world in which we still exist, he's a triple minority going up against these almost, you know, you can't get past it. Walls, just right. walls right. at every well, turn. Say that, a wall. And so Ryan, Ryan is heterosexual. Yes. Okay. Well, no, because you, you did say, was, did you say he's married? Ryan is married. Yes, he is going. He is well, going through. Well, not that he was heterosexual, but, but he's. But yeah, he, he is going through the throes of, you know, his wife no longer uh, being with him. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. I, you know, as we're talking about this, I was going to ask. Um, well, I will ask, what does the play portray in terms of financial insecurity and fatherhood? Like in in what ways do you does the play address that, and how does it demonstrate that, and how does it relate to today's society? Well, I think that it um most most simply it it holds a mirror up and 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 it, and, it, and it shines some light on just the fact that we still live in a world that favors the haves and does not favor the have-nots. Mm-hmm. So when you have the money. And when you have the social capital and, you know, when you are viewed by the larger outside world as respectable, you have an easier time getting what you want out of this world. And when you are different in some kind of way, it's almost it's almost assumed that because you don't fit the boxes, because you don't check everything, you know, on that index, that you might not be the best um, candidate to be a parent, regardless of the love that you can give and regardless of how much you're willing to fight for the life of someone who is not yourself. If you are not on paper, a picture perfect parent because of your finances or your social standing or what have you. Mm-hmm. You still might not be able to have that that dream of of you know having the family. You know, it speaks to sort of you know is is the love I can give enough mm-hmm. if I can't give a nice roof with it, or if I if I can't you know be socially acceptable to go with it. It's 
it, 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 it takes those those really important core details of what it means to love a, parent, a child, and then it shows you everything that you have to fight with just to be given the privilege of loving a child. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know, too, since you shared with us that Keith is a gay black man. How deeply mm-hmm. do we do we get to explore that? Does he talk about that? Is there a demonstration of how he navigates the world? You know, before we get to him advocating for Ryan, is there a demonstration? Mm. Oh yes. Okay. I mean, I don't. I don't want to give you too much. I, <laughs> no, no, but, no. You, <laughs> but I will say through through the the uh, problems and the trials and tribulations that Keith experiences because of his, his demographics, mm-hmm. you get to go all the way back in Keith's life. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get really ride that wave with him up until the moment that Keith and Ryan are on stage together. So oh. we, we, you know, we, it, it's not like, um, you know, there aren't like, sort of time trap. That's not what we're doing. We're not time traveling into play, but we do um, very specifically address Keith's experiences coming up in this community of Twin Falls, Idaho, where there is nobody like him. And he still made the choice to be his authentic self. And he still makes the choice to to be his authentic self and to stay there and to not be scared off when he could have gone to any of the, you know, coastal cities in which, many people run to for a sense of belonging. He stayed right where he was and he fought for what he knew was his. Well, that's a constant fight. Yeah, I'm sorry to have interjected. That's a constant fight. So yeah, so that's experience um, right there. I do have uh, actually a question from one of our family members, Rick. Rick, I'm so sorry that I missed your call, but Rick from Germany called and he called in to ask Isaiah if you saw Perfect World by Kevin Costner, and he's curious to know that if you did see it, what you what you thought? I actually have not seen that. I'm not familiar with Perfect World. Seen there? Yeah, I'm going to have to look that right up. Me? Too. I was thinking the same thing. I have to look that up. I'm going to look that up. I um, love I love a recommendation. <laughs> as do I. As and our family members, they do recommend some good stuff. So thank you for that, Rick. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I missed your call, and I'm also sorry that I am not familiar. But I will be. I will be because I'm going to look it up. I do want to share that Heather, Heather Wilson is checking in. Hey, beautiful. She's my friend from childhood. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Heather. (laughs) She's sending good evening to all and Sandra Streeter. Hey there. Hey, Sandy. She says good evening. Good evening. Yes. Good evening to you, beloved. And she, she says, listen, I'm sending blessings to each and every one of you this evening. And I love it. Sandra, you know we're sending them right back to you always, okay? Always. We love the love. Family, for those of you who have just joined us, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. We always are. You know we are because it's love and nothing but love here. But uh, welcome to Love and Life right here on WURD. We are talking with Isaiah Caleb. Stanley. And he is, I mean, didn't I, t- I told you, family, we were going to dig deep. I wanted to know all about the play, A Case for the Existence of God. I want to talk about that title when we come back, actually. But um, family, for those of you who may have a question or a comment or anything, you know you're welcome to the conversation. You can always join the conversation and you can do so by calling us and dialing 215 634 Eight zero six five. You can even call us toll free at one eight six six 
361-0900. And you know, you can always feel free to comment on our socials. And I promise I will do my best to read it aloud on the air. I want to go back to Rick. Rick, I did not wish you a happy holiday season. I do hope and pray that you and yours are having a wonderful holiday season. I really do. And again, I'm so sorry that I missed your call. So Isaiah, it sounds to me now we're about to go to commercial break, but I'm going to leave you with this question before we go to commercial break, Mm. because I'm listening to, well, we talked about some of the bodies of work in which you've, um, you've been. Is it a mission of yours to choose or go after roles that educate? And if so, how important is that to you? I'm going to leave you with that question or those questions as a matter of fact. Before we go to the commercial break family, stay with us. Whatever you do, know that the phone lines are open and know that you can feel free to continue to comment on our socials. And again, in all of that, whatever you do, stay with us because we are coming right back. You're listening to Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. I think I know. Hey there, family. Welcome back. You are tuned in to Love and Life with yours truly, Carol Riddick, right here on WURD. I do want to share that our family members are continuing to check in. Frey, I've missed you. Alfredia Lismore is checking in. I've missed you so. I've missed you so. I hope that your holiday season is coming along well. She shares good evening, family. Uh, She just wants to say thank you for love and life. Thank you for the love and life family for an amazing 2023. May God continue to bless each of us in abundance in everything in 2024. And she's sharing that she received a message from Dylan Swain, our very own Dylan. And he's doing well. And he looks good as a soldier. She sends all the best with smiles to all of us. Thank you so much, Fred, for that update. I did talk to Dylan the other day, too. I forgot. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. And he is. He's coming along well. He cannot wait to get back, as a matter of fact. In this hour, we are talking with Isaiah Caleb Stanley. And he is talking about the play in which he is currently, which is titled A Case for the Existence of God. Before the commercial break, I asked Isaiah um, if it was a mission of his to choose or go after roles that educate. Um, and if so, how important it is to him, because it, I'm, I'm looking at the bodies of work that we've talked about uh, in this hour. And they, they all have some, uh, some they, they have an educational feel and approach to them. So and I love that, though. I do love that. So the question. Wow, I, I, you know, all the commercial break, I said, let me really think about this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if it was ever um, a super intentional thing, at least not in the beginning, to take on roles that sort of had a deeper meaning beyond going and having a nice, enjoyable night at the theater. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I, as I've gotten older, you know, I, I just, I just recently turned 30, um, this past summer and, you know, just trying to understand my own, uh, artistry every day more and more. I realized that it is my responsibility as an artist to not just give these wonderful audiences that I'm so uh, grateful and blessed to be able to perform for 
something to enjoy, but also something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it makes the work that much more rewarding. Um, anytime we are able to step into this space outside of ourselves in a way that isn't selfish, um, you know, it, making the focus solely about ourselves as, you know, the actor, the career actor, um, it leads to burnout. You can really become uh, tired faster than you know um, if you're just trying to work for the sake of working and not having a, a deeper connection to your work. And so, especially in this last year, um, every role that I've been able and, and, and blessed to have, it has, it has, if it wasn't educational when I took the job, I found a way <laughs> to say, and also you should be thinking about this even, you know, even after we're gone, even after you, even after the show is over, make sure, you know, to check on, on your fellow person or make sure that you're not mistreating your community. Like there's always something else that we can offer you beyond a show. Um, I love yeah. that. I love that. That that look, that was it right there. There's always something we can offer you beyond a show. I love that. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, I keep repeating the title of the play, um, A Case for the Existence of God. I have two uh, questions that I'm sure our family members would like to know the answer to. One of which is where we can see the play and how we find out more about where we can see the play. And uh, the other is I want to know if, um, if you all, if the cast had a conversation about the title alone uh, of the play, because it's such a strong title. It's a meaningful mm-hmm. title. Yes. Well, anybody who is interested in seeing our production, you are able to see it starting January 4th um, at Theater Exile on South 13th Street. Um, and tickets are available now at theaterexile.org. Um, and as far as the title of the play, um, yeah, I got this script uh, back in, I want to say maybe July or August. And when uh, when Matt Pfeiffer, the director, sent it to me, mm-hmm. I mean, before I even uh, opened the file, looking at the title, I was floored. I said, oh, this is going to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't a, a, you know, a, let me get out there and do my one, two. This is going to take something. This is going to cost something, right. um, you know, emotionally. And, um, you know, there are days in that rehearsal room where it, it bleeds over, it spills out and, and the sheer gravity of what these characters experience. I mean, you know, Keith and Ryan at every turn, they are getting more or less beaten by life circumstances mm-hmm. and, and, and they don't know what, to, what to turn to other than the fact that they have each other, they have mm-hmm. each other to hold on to. And, you know, what does that mean? In, in, in the in the throes of misery and, and when life is not letting up, knowing that when on your worst day, there is one person who will understand, mm-hmm. that is a case for the existence of God, mm. you know, that you are that you are able to find. Even on your worst day, some kind of solace, even if you don't feel better, you feel OK. Mm-hmm, um, and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that I'm not, I don't want to start reciting the script, but, <laughs> but there is a, there is a focus and an emphasis on, you know, yes, you can be happy, but when you're not happy, can you still be okay? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what what does that illustrate? You know, in 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 the larger in the world outside of our ourselves, in in another dimension, is there something that we can cling to? Um, you know that that makes it all right, even if it's not good. That's important. What everything that you just said that is important. That is so important. I love that. Um, so you did mention that Keith, the character that you portray. Um, advocates mm. for Ryan. So Ryan leans on Keith for strength and support. Does it go both ways? Are they both supporting one another? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think just Keith's character um, with his fancy career and his background of privilege, I don't think he necessarily realizes that he does need people. You know, I, I think he's gotten so used to being strong or at least he's gotten so used to looking like he's strong that when things go left he doesn't have a choice he doesn't have a choice but to go on a on a remote level understand Mm -hmm. what he's going through you know he he he's a character that that walks around very bottled up um you know in his outer world just to hold it together just to get from one moment to the next you know he's the kind of guy who wakes up in the morning and says how am i going to do it this time? How am I going to do it today? Will I make it in one piece today? And regardless of, you know, what he has, regardless mm-hmm. of what he's been materially blessed with, he doesn't realize up until a certain point that he still needs somebody, no matter what form that takes. Right. Um, and so, you know, as we work through the, this plot and, you know, by the time we get to the end, a, a very strong bond is created because they don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And if, if they did, you know, if things were even a little, a little more easy for one or both of them, who's to say whether they would have found this, this oasis of friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about that? Wow. So the last question I have for you is what, what would you like uh, to be the takeaway for the audience? What would you like the audience to take away from this play, this production, this body of work? Well, I think that the most important message um, of this play uh, that I've discovered just in working with it is that, mm-hmm. you know, no matter the, 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 the outward appearance, mm-hmm. no matter the form that any kind of relationship takes, we are always better and stronger together. You know, Mm -hmm. whether we want to believe that or not, we are, we are always better together and that we all deserve to be seen. We all deserve to have somewhere to lay it down. Um, and, and and I think another important part, you know, that I think a lot of people, especially in this climate and in this economy, um, you know, that I think a lot of that something that they can all understand is, you know, no matter what you have, no matter you know, what material goods you bring to the table, mm-hmm. that is never enough to define your worth. You know, as, as long as, as you have love and goodness to give, wow. that is enough. Wow. No, what I say, I am so enjoyed our conversation. I just thank you so much. I do want to share, Alfredia, Frey is sharing. Congratulations, Isaiah, on your play. I pray oh, all you. of you have poured into it and it will be displayed and received in front of many sold out 
crowds. I, I just love that. And Frey also shares Isaiah to not be happy, but still be okay. That is so profound and a word and true, isn't it? Frey, you, yes, it is. You know, I know. Yes, it is. Um, Smitty is joining us. Hi there, Smitty. He's sharing. Hello, everybody. Everybody have a blessed night, family. Um, just sending all our gratitude, my gratitude, especially to you, Isaiah. Thank you so much for joining us. I do yeah. hope you come back to visit with us again. And welcome to Philly. Welcome to oh, Philly. Gladly. The city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. We welcome you and happy, oh. are happy to have you here. Um, congrats on your play. We are looking forward to your return. And thank you so much thank for you. coming to visit with us. Family, stay with us because you know it's Thursday. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 